Welcome to Unsigned Hype, episode one. On this episode, I have the pleasure to talk to the incredible artist Bina from London. Prior to our talk, I asked Bina which song she would play for someone that wasn't familiar with her music yet. At the time of the recording, she chose her song Black Jack, but since the interview, Bina put out a new single called Just Like Her Father that I highly recommend you check out as well. If you're not familiar with Bina's music yet, here's a snippet of her song Black Jack before we jump into the interview. This is Unsigned Hype. The song you just heard is called Blackjack by Bina, and I have the absolute pleasure to welcome Bina to the show today. Bina, why is Blackjack the song you would play for someone that has never heard your music before? I think it's a good choice because, well, for one, it's my most recent record, and I just think that it's the most accurate representation of where I'm at, like, creatively right now, in terms of what kind of sounds interest me, inspire me, um what things are like hitting my heart you know like what things are emotionally impactful enough to me to care about writing about if that makes sense so yeah i would say that's why if you're new to the camp listen to blackjack first and go from there what i what i come across about um about blackjack and what you said about that song was that um you associated a lot with vulnerability and being more vulnerable in the music that you make. And I was just wondering if you you have your own understanding of where this vulnerability comes from and, and why it is now, after a few years of you making music, that this comes out in such a strong way, if that makes sense. That does make sense. That's a really good question. I think for me, so I guess you're asking what does vulnerability mean for me? I guess it means like, being it starts with being more vulnerable with myself because I can only be honest in my expression of my feelings with the world after I've learned how to do so with myself. And I think that the reason why it's arrived now is just like it took time for me to one figure out not even figure out what is important to talk about, but just more figure out like what matters to keep as a thing for myself and what matters as a thing to share with the world. And I think that the majority of the things that I experience in terms of emotions can be shared with the world because I'm holding it to myself for what reason? Like, you know, after I've kept this emotion like to myself, it doesn't really help anybody, me me or anybody who might like be able to resonate with that experience. And I remember saying a while ago that like there's only so many emotions that exist in the world and then there's like billions of people. So even if I'm experiencing quite an obscure emotion, there are probably at least a couple hundred, couple thousand people that are like, yeah, like I resonate with this. So I can't, um, in my experience of, of ex- like working through that emotion, I can't gatekeep that process from somebody else that might find like catharsis or healing in listening to music that is vulnerable and, and is documenting a healing process. Um, and it, yeah, just in terms of why it took so long, I, I guess it's just kind of like practice. I guess it's like you just you just practice and then one day it clicks and you're like, oh, I actually know how to connect my heart to my mind and my words mm-hmm. to my feelings as well, if that makes sense. Totally. But do you believe that as an artist, you first need to be fully confident of your craft to really be able to open up and allow yourself to be so vulnerable in your songs? You don't have to be confident in your craft, most confident in your craft. You just have to be most confident in the validity of your emotions. Because you can be new to making music, but very well versed in your emotions. And for me, Obviously, it kind of coincided with making music for a couple of years because I, I think I first like started properly recording music as an artist in like 2017. And then 
it took me just as long to unravel any defense mechanisms that make it hard for me to even experience my emotions for myself, let alone express them to to other people. Um, and yeah, that might be down to defense mechanisms, coping mechanisms and things like this. So I think it's not essential for an artist to be 100% confident in their craft in order to be vulnerable, but it is important for them to be 100% confident that what they feel is is real and valid and, and worth sharing. Um, and also you just even be aware that they're feeling the thing in the first place because it is easy when you're running through life to be like, I actually don't know how I feel because I haven't sat down and really thought about it or or given myself much time to feel anything. And when you do, it's like... And for me, it's in studio when I have the opportunity to sit down and be like, wait, how do you feel being like, that's, that's where that comes for me. Yeah. There's this, there's this sentence that I came across where you, you said, I strip myself of masks, walls, facades. I may erect to keep up with the illusion of peace. I don't know mm. if you remember that. Hey, I was spitting, um, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> I was spitting, I was talking yeah, facts. Yeah, and I, the, the, yeah, it really made me think, you know, because especially like the illusion of peace, is 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 mm -hmm. this what you've tried to keep up for the outside world to, yes. to be at peace? And what made you decide that this was not the best way for you to go? That's a really good question. I realized that the peace I thought I was maintaining wasn't peace at all because I was suppressing how I was feeling about any given experience in the name of keeping peace, but more so just kind of keeping life drama free and being like, well, as long as I don't express that I'm angry about something or upset about something, then everybody else will be fine. And if everybody else is fine, then that means they won't respond to me in a way that makes me not feel fine. So then I'm fine. So it's just like a weird, like, not even secondhand, thirdhand piece that I was getting from everybody on the outside being okay around me, despite me not really honouring my emotions. And I just got to a point, like, maybe in the last, like, year or so, I just realised, like, when I'd sit down and think about things that I didn't think had upset me, that really had upset me, I was like, wow, like, this upset me so much to the point where, like, I'm even considering people who I thought I forgave and I'm like wait actually I didn't forgive you I didn't like what you did and I probably shouldn't talk to you because every time I think about the thing you did I can't honestly I can't show you love wholeheartedly if I'm still holding a grudge and even after I've expressed it if I'm still feeling hurt then I haven't really got past it and I was beginning to realize that a lot mm. about just like different connections that I had with human beings and like even just Even outside of like, I don't know, something, somebody else making me feel hurt, like just me sitting down and thinking about things and being like, wow, like I never knew that this is something that makes me upset or even on the opposite end of the spectrum, I never knew that this was a thing that made me happy. And I've just kind of, I just kind of had this really stoic like approach to life where I was just like, well, I don't really care about much. Nothing really upsets me. Nothing really makes me jump for joy either. But then I realized, oh, no, I actually have a whole spectrum of emotions that I feel very intensely, but that I just keep under wraps because I don't want anybody else to feel on edge. You know, I realized that people accept me more when I feel the full spectrum of my emotions. And I also feel more accepting of myself because there's because I know myself because I'm being myself more when I'm feeling everything that I feel. Yeah, and it sounds like to me that that with what you're what you've experienced, you you must have kept a lot of things on the inside that must have built up, and then you found through music a way in a, a very therapeutic way to to let these things out. So that's quite beautiful, actually. Yeah, man, that's that's exactly how I started making music in the first place. Like one of the first songs I recorded, well, actually after Summer Breeze, one of the first songs I recorded after that was a song called Cage Bird, which is on my first EP. And I just remember writing that song because I was, I had come from a living situation where I didn't really feel like I was being heard or understood or even acknowledged. And I was just like, well, the only time I really feel heard is when I'm singing because people are paying attention to me and being like, wow, your voice is great. So I'm like, oh, maybe I should just say what I want to say in the music because then I get that off my chest. And then even if nobody directly listens to me in the moment of me saying it, I've listened to myself. 
and then maybe if I choose to share it with the world, people will listen to it and either resonate for themselves or I can get an indirect message to somebody who wasn't going to listen to me if I was speaking in the first place, you know? Mm. So so you do feel the positive impact of, 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 of creating, basically. Definitely. Yeah, and this... Like this Oh, sorry. We, we're just a bit delayed. That's why this keeps happening. No, Don't think that I'm okay. cutting you off all the time. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. Yeah. I was just going to say like, yeah, music's definitely therapeutic first before before I even think about sharing it with anybody. My first instance when I make a song is, okay, I need to say something. I need to get something off my chest. Like I'm feeling a lot. So I need to write about it. So yeah, it's definitely yeah, positive impacts I feel. Yeah. You know, with you, I, you know, I've, I've, I followed your music for a while, you know, obviously following you on social media and also watched a bunch of interviews and read articles about you. And I, I can really, with you, I, I could really see this evolution over the past years, right? So it hasn't even been mm -hmm. that long since you've released your debut EP, which is Humble, the, Humble Abode. That was only mm -hmm. four years ago, I think, 20, 2019. yeah. And ever since then, there's been there's been so much growth, and I'm I'm curious to hear from you how you would describe the trajectory of your career since releasing that first EP. Mm. I would definitely say that there's been a lot of growth. I would say that the growth in my artistic career has mirrored the growth in myself as a human being, as a person. And when I released my first single, I was 18, about to turn 19, and now I'm 23. So I'm like, a lot has changed in that period of time from like life experiences to just like my worldview to just like at my creative development because obviously over time you're making music, you're only going to get better the more you practice and the more references you gather. So I would definitely say that I've like grown and evolved as a person and that's reflected in my art. And um, I'm really proud of myself for that. And I'm really grateful for the people who have kind of been around me as mentors, as inspirations, as like just general friends. Like, because I think, yeah, everything, everything that's happened in the past, what, four or five years has been responsible or contributed to the artist and, and the woman that I am today. So... Yeah, like I'd, I'd say I can definitely see the growth. Like, oh, the other day I watched back an interview, I'd, uh, maybe my first radio interview that I did, and I was like, I think I was 19. I was just laughing at how fast I spoke and like my voice hadn't fully like broken yet. So I just had like this young girl voice and it was just like really funny to, to watch. And even just looking at my steez, like my style and stuff, it was like, oh, I'm still like kind of finding myself and how I like to express myself visually as well. So I think mm. now it's just a thing of I allow myself to be led by the feelings and the emotions and whatever feels right. And I was doing that at the beginning, but I think I was a lot more cerebral about it in the beginning. Like I was thinking a lot more about I need to allow myself to feel things. But now I'm like, mm. I just feel things. And I talk about those things. And then people tell me that they resonate with it. Like even just a sec. I remember the day that I wrote that song. I was in my room, it was the height of lockdown and I had some beats and I just remember I, I was obviously thinking about something that had recently happened, like just before lockdown. And I was like, okay, I need to talk about this now because I've been going through the emotional process of it and I need to document this. And I just, the song just kind of spilled out of me for the most part. Like there wasn't really much like um, cogni cognition involved in the writing. It was just a lot of feeling things, and I I really like that I'm able to do that now. Mm. You've you've mentioned your first song, your first single. I mean, I think the first song that you really recorded, your first let's let's call it real song that you've put out, was "Summer Breeze," right? Is that correct, mm -hmm, or was there mm -hmm. something before that? I put out a demo of "Butterfly" on SoundCloud like a few months before, but like "Summer Breeze" was my first like release. Where I was like, oh yeah, I'm actually putting out music. My name's Bina, and I make music, and here it is, type of thing. How does someone approach that, that first song? Like, you, you've mentioned your creative process a little bit that is very much based on emotions that make you want to write and create music. How how was that first song? What made you 
pick up a microphone and start singing? I was bored. <laughs> I was bored. <laughs> I remember I so before I released before I recorded that song, I'd been to studio a couple of times. Like I dabbled in the studio space. Like I knew I loved music like from when I was young. But I I never really thought about the link between I can put something that I'm feeling into some lyrics and melodies and, and a beat that matches that until like maybe a few months before I recorded Summer Breeze. And I remember I was going to this youth studio in, in London, where I'm from. And like, I I would go every Monday because that was the only day it was open and I'd go after school. But I was like, well, I need to have a space to record that in case I get an idea at 2 a.m. on a Tuesday and I didn't have that. So like, I bought some equipment like for my home and I just put it, set it up in my room. And I remember one day I was at music college and um, we had this thing called form time, which I guess, I depending on where you're from in the world, you might call it homeroom, you might call it tutor time. But we had this thing where like our, I, our form group would gather in the mornings and any announcements that had to be had would be had. Long story short, it was fucking boring. So I was just like, listening to some beats that I had found online and Summer Breeze was one of those beats and I was like oh okay 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 I really like this beat and I at the time I was thinking about a friend that I was actually really fond of like I just really enjoyed spending time with them like it was actually not like a romantic thing like if I'm honest I may have had a mild crush on them but like for the most part it was just like this is my friend that I really like and they're really cool and like I made a song about just kind of that connection with them and it was just like yeah like we're just hanging out and just being cool and like connecting like intellectually and like spiritually and stuff and obviously I was 18 and very like I mean the way I'd grown up like my parents had like Christian leanings but like it was very much kind of based more on like the spiritual aspects of like your discovery of self more so than like rigid rituals so I remember being quite like in that bag but it manifested as this new age spirituality that was becoming popular at the time and so I was being woo woo and like I still love the song to this day but I just remember like when sometimes when I think about the song I'm like you can hear how young I was emotionally and spiritually because now I understand mm. there's more nuance to that experience too but you couldn't really hear that in the song because I'm talking about us being like indigo children and like coming from the stars and all this beautiful shit but like um, obviously later on you you get to like a song like Blackjack and it's like I'm embracing like my shadows which are responsible or, or have to exist in order for me to be a light being but to come back from mm. a tangent that I went on I wrote that song because I was bored in form room in form time or whatever you call it and mm. um, I just had this beat playing and I really liked it and I just started writing it and I ran I was so excited after college that day I went home I recorded the first demo that day and I was just like yeah like this is what it feels like to just translate <laughs> an emotion that can be quite abstract and hard to contain into this three and a half minutes like it's really cool for me yeah are you very critical already of the music that you make back then and and do you have a place where you look for affirmation before putting I mean, maybe back then first, but also today before putting things out, I think you're also a fan of the vo voice memo recording and you've probably recorded uh -huh. some stuff on voice memo and were a big fan of your own voice on there, right? That's how most of my songs start is on voice memos or my Snapchat camera. And I only use the Snapchat camera because sometimes when I'm out and about and I don't have my laptop to play the beats from, I'll play the beat on my phone and then go to Snapchat to record it so I can have the audio of the beat and the audio of my voice. And I record very early demos that way a lot of the time. That's how I recorded the first part of Dark Cloud. Like Just A Sec was voice memos, Summer Breeze. Summer Breeze was probably one of the only songs in that era that I've wrote with a pen to paper and even then like there was voice notes included involved in a lot of parts like when I got the ideas for the harmonies when I was on the bus home I was like humming those so I love I love a voice memo <laughs> um could you actually remind me of the question to make sure that I'm answering it no you're good I think I I I, I might have distracted you with the the voice memo side note I I was cool. no I think I stumbled upon this thing that you I don't know why, why you. I don't know where that was, but it might have been on social media somewhere. And you said something along the lines of, "Wow, like voice memos really make me realize that I'm I'm doing my thing and I'm really good at what I do." 
So yes. basically oh. <laughs> your phone being your best think, friend, you know? Yeah, like my phone, like sometimes I'll record voice memos and in the moment I'll be like, rah, this is trash. And then I'll go back a few months later and be like, no, like that was so good. That was your question. You were asking me, do I do I have people I go to like before I release stuff? Um, exactly. And how critical are you of your own music, basically? Oh, okay. I would say I'm critical of my music, but I also allow myself to make songs that I may go back later and consider to be really trash. Like I have to make the songs that are rubbish to get them out of my system. And at my best, I enjoy that process. And at my worst, I will call my manager and be like, I don't even know if I really do this. Like everything I'm making right now is shit. Like it's just so trash. And then I remember like, I remember myself and I go, wait, actually, you've done this before. You've made great music before. You're going to do it again. You might just be in your downloading phase. So just allow yourself to step away from the mic for a moment and just like live life. And you'll be surprised what you're inspired by. Like even when I went to studio to write Blackjack, I wasn't really thinking about the subject matter much before I got to studio. I had actually been at a spa. So I was very zen during the day. But by the time I got to studio, apparently something in me needed to get that off my chest and that's what came out. But like, yeah, I, I'm I'm critical of my music, but I think it's important to also have other people who listen to my music. I used to do that a lot, a lot, a lot when I first started. Nowadays, the amount of people who I show my music when it's in its early stages has decreased, but I trust the opinions of the people who I show. And... um It's it's one of those ones where sometimes showing people my music can either remind me how good a song is if I might have been quite indifferent about it or not really liked it at all, or it can remind me of how much work needs to be done on the song, or I might get a good idea. Like Blackjack, like maybe the week before it before I like uploaded it to release it, I showed it to one of my friends, a musician, big up MV, showed it to her. I was like, What do you think? And she was like, This is really sick. Maybe you should put like the the harmony stack at the beginning of the song and see how that sounds. I did that and I loved it. And then that's what I ended up putting out. So sometimes people's contributions to like edit ideas are really, really helpful. And other times I'm like, all of you can shut up. Like, I don't need to hear your opinion right now because I'm in a <laughs> phase of like feeling things and it's very intuitive and you being logical is not helping me right now. Mm -hmm. so, yeah. Yeah, you mentioned these harmonies. I mean, the these harmonies on that song are just absolutely incredible and i love that you put that video on tiktok as well where you i think it's like a short like how you showed people how you put that together yeah like the different choir so sections fun. yeah <laughs> i love like i love a harmony stack like mel knows this i love a harmony stack and she does too actually um and i remember when i was doing the last harmonies for the song and i was showing them to her and like she was like giving me inspiration of like things to do as well on the, on the track and it was just fun like just making the stacks and then sending a hundred stems to the mixing engineer and him being like ah, i want to tear my hair out because why have you sent me 75 vocal stems what's wrong with you <laughs> but yeah it was a sick that's that was awesome a sick song to me Thank you. You you mentioned um yeah you mentioned Mel also your manager shout out Mel because she she put this together so thank you so much if you you're tuning in um I so we talked about your evolution you know your debut EP Humble Abode came out in 2019 and back then you know you found these beats online you mixed it all yourself it was kind of like mm -hmm. your own project and today you yes. you've worked with other incredible artists you know you have a track with Lex. Amor, mm -hmm. I I never know how to Lexamore. Is that how you pronounce Lexamore, her? Lexamore, exactly. That's how Lexamore. you Lexamore. Yeah, Lexamore. I've actually discovered yeah. her on this the Silhouettes project. Have you ever heard that? That album? oh yes, yeah. She had a song with that Bob is Cobain one of my favorites. Yeah, that's one of my favorite albums. Ever. Great song, great song. I remember when I discovered her music. When was that? I had heard her song Mood, but I think even before that, I heard of an artist called Odd Boy Ten. She had a song with him and I remember loving that song and then listening to the rest of her music and being like, wow, like I'm actually in awe. And then we met at a show that me, her and Oddboy10 did together. Um, and then that's how we like built our relationship from there. And she's just like so sick and like such a blessed human being as well, which always helps like when you meet an artist that 
whose art you're a fan of and then they're just a really blessed human being as well like it's yeah. really cool you're, you're saying it yourself basically you've, you've you've you know you've started connecting with so many artists you've found your manager uh, all of a sudden mm -hmm. it wasn't just you like you you started building a team you started reaching out to more artists networking more and obviously having a team and these great contacts in the music industry that that is very helpful and that that moves you forward so the question about how that helps you today is to me is kind of redundant I'm, I'm, I'm wondering more like building these relationships and getting more serious about it um mm -hmm. do you feel more pressure now having connected with more artists and, and being more and having a manager that also watches what you do that not necessarily to please them but but you have to deliver even more now it's getting more serious people are watching you more not only your own crowd but also the people that manage you the people you work with is that more yeah. pressure versus doing things all by yourself i do feel more pressure and the pressure and what it and what the pressure is on depends on who you're talking about so like for my team and stuff um I don't so much feel pressure to please them because I think like, so for example, like my manager, like she found Summer Breeze on SoundCloud and then we met at a show and that's how we started working together. So I knew that she'd approached me with the understanding that she thought I was a, a gifted human being and like she wouldn't be managing me if she thought that I didn't have the ability to make good music. Sometimes the pressure that I feel in terms of like, my team is just more pressure on myself to make sure that I'm listening to the right things um, but still blocking out any unnecessary background noise because sometimes the more people that are involved, the more perspectives you have, which can be helpful, but then at the same time, it can cause you to second-guess yourself if you're not strong-willed or if you're not aware of the main operation that you're trying to get across. And that can be challenging to even be aware of because it can't always be put into words. Like, I always remember why I started making music in the first place and there's words for it, but the more I speak, the more diluted the cause becomes, if that makes sense. Um, mm -hmm. So that's the pressure with the team. In terms of like more eyes being on me just in the world as a whole, that challenge manifests as like, okay, if somebody hears me, post a snippet on Instagram and they say, drop it tomorrow. Obviously I can't drop it tomorrow because there's things that need to be put in place. And also mm. just kind of allowing myself to respect the opinion of my fans and my listeners, but not be overly influenced by it and not internalize everything. Like for example, I was recently gonna drop a video for just a sec. And then I just realized that like, it doesn't make sense to do like, that is like mm. one of my favorite songs that I ever, ever made. And the visuals that I was going to uh, release were really cool, but I didn't feel like they added to the moment that I'm in as an artist and the moment that that song represents. So I was just like, I'm not going to put it out. And even though when I was shooting those visuals, everyone was like, ah, oh, you're giving us a video for that song finally. Because obviously that that's my most streamed song. So like people obviously love that song. But um. Yeah, so it's like trying, basically trying to tune out the background noise is, is the biggest challenge and also trying to make sure that I don't over-intellectualize my creative process mm. is yeah. a challenge as well. Um, yeah, I totally know what I you fluctuate mean. between, yeah, like I fluctuate between being really good at not being too intellectual about my creative process and being pretty bad at it. And when I'm bad at it, it results in second guessing and me calling my manager and being like, I feel like everything I make is shit. <laughs> But then like, I get past that. And then it's a, it's a great time again. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna say, I still feel like the way that I, my team has come together, it still feels like I have a lot of freedom to do what I want. So I don't feel stifled creatively. I just have to make sure mm. for myself that I don't suffocate my my own creativity by overthinking any feedback that I might get or any ideas that people might give me because it's okay for me to be like, yes, I like that idea and no, I don't like that idea or I agree with you, this song should come out now or it shouldn't or I don't agree with you, we really need to drop this. Like there's still the freedom for me to do and say what I wish and also to come to my senses if somebody has given me feedback that makes sense that I might have been stubborn on at first and then I come around and be like you mm. know what yeah you were right yeah there's still freedom 
No, and I mean the the response has been has been great, right? I mean your audience is listening and and they're listening to your songs, they're watching your interviews and videos, and um, mm. I think you know twenty twenty one was was such a also I think an impactful time for you. That was like the next step with your second EP. This is not a film yeah. comes out. Yeah. Um, you know songs like Boundaries and Dark Cloud are getting yeah. radio plays. Um, yeah. So many media outlets picking up on it. I'm I'm so glad that you've been following so closely because it's helping me to accurately like relive the whole that whole era. Like this is not a film was definitely a turning point in my career. I would say like I I I made that whole EP pretty much in my room and like it's just crazy to see how many people responded so well to it and resonated with it because it it was a project that came entirely from the heart and spirit and I think if I was thinking with my mind about what to put out it wouldn't have come out but I'm so glad that I just kind of went with my feelings and I was feeling so many things at the time like so intensely like obviously the subject matter will tell you what what the project was inspired by and I was just working through a lot of emotions and the, the creation of the music was helping me to do that and like sometimes I even get a bit emotional when I think about it because I'm like not even about the experience like that one we've come full circle with the emotions like we've healed from that but like just the fact that I made a song in my room and I decided to put it out and best believe like every time it hits 11.59 before the clock strikes midnight and the song drops I'm like in my room like shake like quaking in my boots like bro like I hope that people are like people fuck with it and like can't believe it's actually like out in the world now and then people like people kind of just go off and experience life with it and go off on these different journeys with it and it's just kind of a trip to witness and it's even more of a trip that like you know tastemakers like people in the radio and like magazines and fashion are like oh yeah we really love your music and we want to like we want to like partner with you and stuff like that like it's It's really cool. It's really cool. And yeah, when I really think about yeah, it. Yeah, you were just you were just mentioning a couple of points. I so you know, with twenty twenty one coming around and your second EP and you mentioning this being a turning point in your career, how does that get how do you feel that? Like how what's the impact that it has on your career that like is it in terms of numbers? Like are more you mentioned people reaching out to you like What? How yeah. did you know that that was really a starting, a turning point for your career? I, I think it's more the fact that people just start kind of paying attention. Like the difference between when I put out "This Is Not a Film" and "Humble Abode" was when "Humble Abode" came out, not that many people had heard about me. Like obviously, "Summer Breeze" had come out and that had been received pretty well. But like, especially considering it was my first single. But like, so many things around the project. This is not a film made me realize that it was a turning point from from the fact that it was streaming to the fact that like, you know, during the first week it was it was playlist covers and it was playlist support and it was people messaging me like, yo, this project's fire and it's like loads of people reposting it and not really me having to tell people to do to share, like share with your friends. Like people were just sharing it with their friends and experiencing it. Mm. People would would post videos on their story of them dancing to the songs and like obviously tag me in it and I'd see like wow you're actually like living your life to these songs like boundaries I don't know why but it, boundaries because boundaries came out in April 2020 like it just represents the song that people were experiencing their their quarantine to so people would have videos of them cycling and just living this very like idyllic life where it's like we're all taking a breather and like just listening to this kind of like jazzy like hip-hop inspired like soulful offering and just and it's this girl called Bina like and it's just and then another thing that started to happen is like people would come up to me like if I was like out and about like oh are you Bina and I'd be like yeah and they'd be like yeah you're sick like you're, you're really waiting and it started <laughs> to happen amazing. increasingly like even oh my god I was in a dentist one day and this girl was like <gasps> like gasped and I was turned around and she was like Bina and I was like yeah and I was like it, it wasn't even somebody that I could have brought into my circle through a mutual friend like it was literally this girl who was like in year 11 I'm I'm literally 22 about to be 23 at the time and I'm like okay so we like we don't go to school together there's no social connection but you've connected with me through my music and she's like I listen to your music every day and I was like don't say that because I'll actually cry real tears like don't don't do that um so it's like yeah just the amount of people that kind of reach out to me whether it's in dms or in person when I bump into the people outside like 
that just kind of tell me how much my music is impacting them and I'm like that's like 50% of why I do it like part of it is so I can get through emotions myself and the other half is so that like I can like connect with people and, and they can connect with me in a way that you might not have because if you, if you bumped into me in person you wouldn't know anything about me and where to start the connection but we both bond over the fact that we feel this we felt this emotion and then also it's fun to get to spend more and more time doing what I love and being able to like do that comes from like you know people like brands and reaching out and more radio play and more like live show opportunities and stuff like this and the quality of the opportunities started to like increase as well like yeah that's how I kind of knew that okay like you've reached a new level in your career and there's even more growth to be had but yeah that's 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 a key point and then also like artists that I've just been inspired by for time like reaching out to me and showing love like that also feels really great as well yeah is that is that success to you like or rather What, when do you feel successful with what you do? Because I, 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 I'm sure that, I mean, we all want to be successful and we all define success in our own ways. And I'm, I'd be interested in knowing if, if this is the success that you always envisioned and if that's the moment where you feel really successful with your music, basically. I like that question. I would say I feel like I'm accomplishing things. I would say I'm still in the process of becoming successful in accomplishing the mission because there are different pillars to the mission. There is the personal mission of me getting better and better at feeling my emotions fully and authentically and creatively um, and being able to go, this is how I feel. And there's an audio representation of that out there and maybe a visual representation too. So there's that pillar of success. And then there's the success of, I get to reach people. And obviously I have goals in my head of like how many people I want to reach in my lifetime because I'm like, that means that I am articulating my emotions so clearly that people can see themselves in them. And the more people can see themselves in them, then the more successful I feel like I've been in that. And it's not from the fame aspect per se, because I don't think I really care about that, but I do care about connecting with people And being able to go out on stage and see hundreds of people, sometimes thousands of people, all, like, enjoying the music. And then saying to me later, like, yo, like, you, your music really touched me. Like, that that really is important to me. And then the other pillar, of course, is, you know, we live in a world where you have to pay to live. So I'm like, if I have to do anything where I need to earn money, I would really love it to be from something that I enjoy doing. And the more of my you know, my livelihood comes from my art, the more successful I feel in that respect. And there are different places where I feel like I've reached different levels of success in, in that respect. But I think I'm still very much on, on my way. I wouldn't say I've arrived. And even when I do quote unquote arrive at that level of success, I'm sure I will have more goals that will surpass that initial goal. And it's just like a, a snowball effect. But I think as for, I guess the... um what's it called, the goals I have in mind, I'm very much on my way, but I'm still like on my way, if that makes sense. But it feels good to see it making sense and and stuff like that. What What is, can you talk about the next goal? What is the next pillar? What is the next the next um, thing you want to achieve? Uh, well, it always manifests in wanting to put out more music, but it's about how the music is received. So like I'm working on a project right now and I have a new song that is in the works to come out soon. I'm really excited about it. And it's a, another creative evolution in terms of you can hear more more layers of my references. Like so far, you guys have heard the um, the soul, the jazz, some of the hip hop. You're gradually starting to hear some of the indie R&B. You're going to hear more of the indie R&B and still that soul and still that jazz because that's where my roots are like my mum was always playing Erica Badu and Amy Winehouse when we when we were younger so I know that soul and jazz will always be at the foundation and then in terms of where R&B manifests itself it's more in the indie corner of it and sometimes there's no R&B involved at all it's just like indie something whatever you want to call it but I'm just kind of allowing myself to fall in love with all the references that I have and express them all 
and so I guess in in terms of the next pillar it's kind of for one being able to spend more time doing what I love like I, I recently came back from Bulgaria I was blessed to open for an artist that has really inspired me over the years her name's IMDDB and I was blessed to do that and that was a core memory for me and I was like this is a taste of what I want to be doing more of my time you know being able to see the world being able to experience the world being able to experience the world with people who inspire me being able to inspire others um and and do the things that I'm kind of supporting artists to do be able to do that for myself so like have headline shows in in the UK and around the world and tour more and like just be able to share my art and be like when I put my art out there it's received it's respected it's understood it's loved it's a connecting point for me and a bunch of human beings that I probably wouldn't be able to connect with if I just pulled up and was like or maybe I would who's to say but I don't think that it's possible to connect with millions Mm. of people by just stepping in a room and standing there but it is possible when you are able to express an emotion accurately and go here's my perspective on it who can relate you know so kind of feeling like when I call out because I guess when I release music it's like hello is anybody out there and the more people respond like yes I'm here and I, I feel seen and I see you the more successful I feel and of course the mm. more that I can um, fund my art and fund my living experience through my art the happier of a girl I am so yeah <laughs> that's that's the summary no, of the different pillars oh also getting more daring creatively I want to do that sorry to interrupt I want to become, and it's happening, but becoming more, making more daring, creative decisions. Can you name an example of a, a daring, creative decision that you've recently? Um, choosing to present my voice, choosing to present my voice in a different way, like from how it's mixed. Um, sometimes it manifests as, I think that being daring can be, I'm going to sing extremely quietly on purpose, even though I know that I can belt if I wish. Or I'm going to yell on this track because it calls for it. Um, and I've probably never done that before and maybe I should. Or being like, I, I'm singing a song about being so angry, but I'm not yelling. I'm actually the kind of quiet angry, that white hot anger that's like, I'm about to get really angry right now. And making a song that represents that. So I guess in terms of more daring creative decisions, it's 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 not sticking to um, one way of expressing a bunch of emotions. It's like kind of being more expansive in that. And then in terms of like um, some of the photography and some of the ideas I have for visuals for the, for the project, I just want to be a lot more daring, but not in an exhibitionist way. Like, hey, look at me, guys, I'm being daring. It's just kind of more like this emotion calls for this response and I'm not going to be scared of that response. Do you see what I'm saying? Is is it also to discover maybe new sides of yourself that you didn't know you yes. had and maybe new a new talent that you didn't know you have, you've had? Yes, it's 110% that like it's it's discovering more parts of myself, more skills, more talents, more emotions I didn't know I could feel, you know? Like when we made Do Not Disturb, mm. like obviously I... I not obviously, some people might not know this, but I was in theatre for like five years. I was actually in theatre before I started making music. Um, at, yeah, like I'd write songs for theatre and stuff, but I was I was a stage kid. I was an actor, babe. And in Do Not Disturb, it called for a lot of acting in terms of the video, in terms of expressing the sentiments that the storyline had. And I was really proud of myself for, for doing that. And also for like and some behind the scenes things which I, I may share like later down the line but like the fact that during the shoot like some of us were getting a bit stressed and I was able to kind of make everybody feel calm and relaxed and I was really proud of myself for having that impact on other human beings because it takes a lot of trust of yourself to be able to say I'm the person to calm everybody down right now including myself so yeah definitely discovering a lot of skills and and talents that I may have not known I had or be reminded that I that I had that I may have like neglected 
my guitar, like I've been, I've been playing guitar for a couple of years, it's still fairly new, but when somebody challenges me in studio and says, do a solo or do this on, on the track, I think that'd be really sick. And I'm there shitting myself, but I'm like, I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it because I can do it. And then I do it and I'm proud of myself. It's really That guitar really thing is crazy me. because you started playing the guitar, picking up the guitar for the first time in, in the lockdown in 2020. Mm -hmm. But I think mm -hmm. that it, it took only a couple of months and you were seen with a guitar on stage. Yeah, <laughs> I was literally, I'd been... Am I remembering this correctly? You're remembering it very correctly. I think I, I started actively like learning guitar in like maybe February, March of 2020. So like just slightly before lockdown started. And then at the height of lockdown, my me and my friend, like he would FaceTime me and we'd learn guitar. He'd teach me guitar that way. And then like after like six months, I was on stage, like playing songs that I had written on guitar and even just kind of having the confidence to play guitar on stage. And like, it was really cool. And it took a lot of like kind of trusting myself and being like, obviously I'm not Leanne Lahavas in terms of the skills yet, but I am very good at expressing myself through guitar now and I can do that and it's received really well. So um, like, yeah like six months into me playing learning guitar I was I was playing on stage and I was writing songs and even KISS I wrote that song within maybe the first month of me properly learning guitar so yeah that's amazing you've you've mentioned so many so many amazing things that would empower aspiring artists that might just start out in the music industry or might want to make music a career for themselves To, to do it um, by daring more or also maybe even picking up a new instrument and just playing it. I'm wondering what are, what are some of the advice that you have for people that might just get started and want to do this? Just start, just start. I get so endearingly frustrated with some of my friends and they know it because they will see me and I'm like, I love you and you're so talented. Why are you not doing the thing that you've been talking to me about for six months? Just start the thing. It's not going, like, you're going to figure out the logistics as you go. Like, obviously you need to have the key things in place. Like, do I have the bare minimum of what I need to get started? So for example, for me, I knew at the point when I started to go to youth studio, I was like, I really like writing. I really like recording and I want to have more time to practice and get good at this. I don't have a studio that I routinely go to, but I do have a bedroom that is big enough, big enough to fit a microphone in there. And I'd seen people like Doja Cat and Tinashe, like, and all these artists that exist out there that are doing really well for themselves. They record in their house. What's stopping me from doing the same? So I, I, Kali Uche is another one. Like so many people at the time of me starting music, I was becoming aware of the fact that they were recording in their rooms. And one of the first studios I went, I went to before the youth studio was in my friend's living room. So I was like, you can record at home. You can make great music at home. I just need to figure out how. And, you know, I was 17. I had a part-time job. But I had no real financial responsibilities. And I used the money I was earning from my Saturday job and like some small funding that I got to buy my speakers and my mic and my MIDI keyboard. And I, I got my laptop from college, luckily. So there were a few things that fell in place that I feel like is like divine intervention. But a lot of it just starts with, I need to set the intention of starting and do what I can and everything else around me will fall into place if it's like, if I haven't thought about that side of the plan yet. So my, my main, like, I could go, I could write a whole essay about what you need to do, but it just begins with just start, like literally just <laughs> please just start, start picking up the instrument, start do, writing the thing. Because otherwise you're going to look back and be like, there were five years where I could have potentially started and been at this spot and I didn't start. And now I'm trying to start now and that's all well and good. Now I can start, but also look at how much progress I could have made if I just started when I wanted to, rather than thinking about, thinking about thinking about how it's going to go like just just do the thing just please mm. just do the thing yeah do you know about some um aspiring artists um who who might already be in the midst of building a career or artists that you yeah. that you think deserve more attention that you do you want to talk about yeah there are some there are a couple of artists there are some artists that are really doing their thing um one of them Then um, his name is Osquello. He's really wavy. And we kind of, I, I became quite aware of him, like quite towards the beginning of my journey. Um, and he was an artist that I, I 
would look at and be like wow like he really just does his thing he produces his music he records it in his yard like he 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 makes videos on like sometimes on budget sometimes on no budget we'll just like be wherever he is in the world and just make things and he's from London too he's really wavy he actually just put out an album called um Romero it's really great like kind of 80s inspired music and he's an example of an artist that's like creatively I'm just going to do what I want I actually don't care about what is meant to be the thing that I should be making on trend with the times like I'm just like this this is something that feels like a labor of love and I'm going to do it and I'm going to put it out and everyone who's tuned into that frequency will respond and love it and then there are a couple more other artists um there's an artist called Novine that I recently came across she's actually from Germany and I came across her this week actually um Instagram ads was doing what it needed to do for once and put me um helped me to come across this artist and I went and listened to her songs and I was really just like inspired by it and um then there's one more artist well there's a few more I could I could list them you know there's Bowel he's really doing mm. well for himself now like he's on tour right now he's doing amazing and like I've always thought that he's sick like the witty bars like his choices of beats the versatility on on the beats as well like he's great and then the other artist that I, I would say comes to mind when I think about artists kind of just doing it uh Desiree and Alexander Benjamin like they're they're those are the four or five artists that I'm like, these guys are just doing it. They are not waiting for the go ahead from anywhere. They are not waiting for the go ahead from labels or team members or their mates. Like they're just like, I need to do this. And naming all of those people that I've named, like in terms of labels, t- mates, team members, they're all very important. And I don't want to seem like I'm slighting any of them when I say they're not waiting for them, but you shouldn't wait for them. Like just start the thing and, and figure out the logistics afterwards, you know. Um, so yeah, those are some artists that I really rate, really respect. Perfect. Doing Thank thing. you. Mm. Thanks for sharing. Um, I have mm. two two final questions for you. What do you wish you would have known about the music industry prior to becoming a part of it? This is going to sound counterintuitive to what I said, but there's no rush. Like, yeah, start in terms of making the music but there's no rush to put it out because people are checking for you. But at the same time, people have their own lives and stresses. So it's like, there's no, there's no rush to get to the pinnacle of your career. There's no rush to start putting out music. There's no rush to, um, what's the word? Like you, you have to, you have to go by momentum and timing, but all of that timing is actually a lot more to do with, what feels urgent and timely for the artist more so than what feels urgent and timely for the world. So it's like, start making the things as a matter of urgency, but like in terms of putting it out, like make sure that you've executed your ideas to the best of your ability. Um, And the best of your ability might be a demo recorded on your phone that you mixed on GarageBand. But it might also be, okay, I've recorded this song once. I might need to record it again to really get the feeling across. And then I'm going to get it mixed. And then I have a visual idea I want to put across. So it's just kind of like, sometimes you get caught up in the whirlwind of comparison of what your mates are doing and what your peers are doing. But there's what I'm trying to say is there's no real clock because everybody's trajectory is different like how I get to the height of my success is different to how Lex gets to the height of her success and all these other artists that inspire me and it is easy for me to forget that from time to time but if I knew that from the start it would probably be something that never crossed my mind to to be worried about um the other thing is choose your team wisely choose your team wisely I think luckily I've done that um, I think I'm actually quite happy with my team. Um, and I think it's one of those ones where it's like, you just need to make sure that everybody who is on your team has the same vision as you. And if they don't, it needs to be communicated and it can be communicated with love and it can res- result in people parting ways or it can result in people changing their approach. Um, but yeah, just very much like 
choose your team and make sure that they are all people whose opinions you respect and people who you trust and people who also have your best interest at heart when it comes to your mental and emotional well-being as well because it is an industry that can be very demanding and if the people closest to you don't feel like they have your best interest at heart when it comes to your mental and emotional well-being then it can be even more of a lonely journey so I would say just yeah make sure that everybody on your team is patterned and like makes sense and then the other thing is just follow your gut if that's less a thing that I wish I knew but that's a thing that I remind myself of that I feel like I knew when I first started but that as the pressure builds it can be easy to lose sight of like block out the background noise remember why you first started making music or making whatever art form you made and be guided by your spirit and your heart at all times when it comes to creative decisions when it comes to the business now <laughs> let the people who know best help you but with the creative stuff don't intellectualize that stuff like it can't be it i think music in particular is a spirit that has to be treated with respect and reverence and when you choose to obey the calls to action that creativity sends you have to do so with a with an open approach you know minimal resistance mm. We've talked about your growth, your starting points, the the career that is filled with so much love that people have for you and your music, the ups and downs artists like yourself go through to building this career. Um, mm. There's so many, many parts of it. And I'm wondering, what do you do it all for? What do I do it all for? I do it, There, there's one thing that, and it's one main thing, but it mirrors in into two things. And I, I do it all because, well, I started doing it because I, I, I needed an outlet. I needed an outlet. And I'm so glad that I have so many creative outlets because I don't know how emotionally or mentally stable I would be if I didn't have those things. <laughs> so I would definitely say that music has continued to be a consistent companion of mine whether I'm experiencing other people's music as a sense of healing or creating music as a sense of healing so I, I do it so that other people can experience what I experience when I listen to music that makes me feel like I have something to heal with or something to feel my emotions with so whether it's healing or whether I feel like I'm you know really in love and I have a song that reflects that or if I'm really angry I have a song that reflects that or if I just need to feel things that can't really be uh, what's the word? Put into words. I I have music for that, and I I want to be an artist that represents that to as many people in my lifetime as possible. And hopefully, it will be in the hundreds of thousands and the millions. And it's just more because of the fact that I know it's something that is needed, and I want to be able to deliver that. Um, and. Yeah, the the mirrored the mirrored side of that is people connecting with me and and my art and and us being able to exchange love because of the fact that thank you for making this thing and I'm like well thank you for accepting this thing as a valuable piece um and then yeah there's that exchange of 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 love and upliftment uplifting don't even know if that's a word there so that's 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 why I do it. And then, as I mentioned before, we live in a world where, like, well, it, it, I'm just really grateful that I am able to make livelihood from it and gradually more and more livelihood from it, God willing. Like, yeah, it's, it's, but first and foremost, it's for me to heal and for others to heal as well and feel things. Even if it's not healing, you're feeling something and hopefully something good for your, for you. You know, thank you so much for this really beautiful conversation. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I love this conversation. I love the questions. They were good. This was Unsigned Hype episode 1 with Bina. The track you're hearing right now is called Just Like Her Father and you will find the song in the Unsigned Hype podcast playlist along with all other songs discussed in this episode. 
Make sure to support Bina by checking out her music and following her on social media. And for your weekly unsigned hype, make sure to also follow us on Spotify and Instagram. All the links are in the show notes below. Side of